Is trust the key to a more inclusive world? During the 2020 Virtual Women's Forum Global Meeting, HEC Paris Professor Helen Loning shared her perspective about the growing impact of trust in this post-pandemic period and beyond. In the first part of this podcast, she goes back to the very definition of trust as a foundation that touches different aspects of our lives and why this quality is so essential for a positive recovery. She also describes the three drivers of trust and the challenges that we face in fostering and implementing them in our society today. There is this thing in sociology inspired by Ervin Goffman that we call ontological trust. This is a basic foundational trust coming from early childhood and it is the primary belief that the others will behave and respond in a certain way to our actions. Take a baby. When she's crying, she expects her mother to act and to feed her or change her or simply rock her to ease anxiety. Without this ontological trust, action is paralyzed or violent or anarchical. It is the same basically with institutions. In politics, it is the primary belief that others will abide to the rules of the game, for instance, the rules of democracy. In the US election, we expect an incumbent president to congratulate the elect president the very night or the very day of his or her election. In economics and business, trust in markets, which is a form of this institution, is the basic belief that the other parties will respect the contracts to which they committed. Without this belief, there is no trade. So this level of trust is not necessarily being best friends or partners, but it is needed for society in order to operate. Trust is based on three pillars or three categories of beliefs. First, trust is based on the belief of competence. We believe that the other party has the skills to do what he is supposed to do and to serve us. Second, trust is based on benevolence. You believe that the other party has a sincere and deep interest in who you are and is trying to understand you. He or she is looking at you with kind, not threatening eyes. And last but not least, trust is based on the belief of integrity. This means that you believe that you are sharing a set of common values. This is very powerful for driving trust among a collective, for reinforcing cohesion of a group. Take the magnificent example of what trust can do in business with a new vaccine by Pfizer and BioNTech. How a small startup and a giant pharma firm can cooperate because they trust each other's skill, because they share the same vision of providing the world with a vaccine, and also because they try and understand each other's vulnerabilities. Money and independence for the startup, reputation for the blue chip company. These three drivers are the very reason why diversity is so difficult to achieve. You first and spontaneously trust your like, people who look like you, because you have these assumptions of competence. I mean, you believe that you are competent, so you believe they are competent. And you also have this assumption of shared values. We feel and think the same. But we all know that diversity is a tremendous source of wealth. So trust in people who are different takes more effort, but this effort is really worthy. And trust is really key in transforming diversity into inclusiveness. The first part of this podcast touched on trust and its three pillars as essential elements that drive diversity and inclusion in our society. Now, Professor Loning will draw on her research about entrepreneurial ecosystems to clarify how trust is defined in the specific relationship between investors and entrepreneurs and why trust is more fragile depending on the different stages of this relationship. She offers examples of how innovation hubs like the Silicon Valley and Paris-Saclay, as well as business schools such as HEC Paris, play a critical role 
in building trust within this ecosystem. The question is, what do competence, benevolence and integrity mean specifically for investors and entrepreneurs? In this specific relationship, the investor will question before investing. Is the entrepreneur competent? Does he or she understand my investor's point of view? Does he or she know who I am as a venture capitalist because we are not all the same? Is he or she honest? So the assessment of the entrepreneur's competence may be based on his education, the university or the school he attended, especially if it's a young entrepreneur, as well as the resume and professional background, if any. Questions like, has the entrepreneur already created some previous startups? What did he learn? Uh, does the startup belong to a reputed incubator that has already selected it and will help the entrepreneur to grow with mentoring, with exposing him to a large number of startup successes and failures from which he can learn? So benevolence is assessed based on the level of interest shown in understanding how VCs work, uh, differences across VCs, uh, specific features of a targeted fund, and the goodwill shown in responding to the VC concerns. And finally, integrity is also key. So trust may disappear very quickly if a venture capitalist feels the entrepreneur hides or minimizes the startup's issues, rather than the issues themselves, because all startups have many issues. I mean, they're young, they're starting. Uh, the investors will consider the little or the big lies and concealments as unacceptable and prohibitive. On the other hand, when you look into the mirror, the entrepreneur will raise also similar questions. Is the partner at the VC firm well-known in the ecosystem? Is his competence and ability to a company startup established? Is it a hands-on or a hands-off VC, according to what I do expect as an entrepreneur? Is the VC partner benevolent towards me in his way of challenging my project? Does he actually care about my startup and does he believe in my project? Is he really willing to see it hatch? Has the VC partner a reputation of honesty? How did it go with entrepreneurs who have dealt with him in the past? So all these questions are really, I would say, applied concrete questions that show that competence, benevolence and integrity mean a lot for investors and entrepreneurs. Trust is more fragile between investors and entrepreneurs because in the pre-investment stage, it belongs to what the literature calls swift trust. This concept, developed by Meyerson in 1996, refers to the trust to trust in a temporary structure with a prompt beginning of shared activities. In this scenario, trust must be granted really fast in order to enable action, which in turn will reinforce trust. Research says that these swift trust situations require a special attention to the expectations and the vulnerabilities of each party. This means that entrepreneurs must understand what the investors are after. Usually, investors are after hyper-growth. They take risks and they manage the risk through their portfolio of investment. But their fear is to be stuck with startups that stagnate and to have no exit possibilities. The other way around, VCs must understand the fears of entrepreneurs, fears of being diluted, of seeing others ripping off the fruits of their work and taking decision-making away from them. Another strong dimension in entrepreneurial ecosystems is the ability to sanction unreliable behaviors, bad behaviors. This is called enforceability of trust. It can spur the strength of a community or ecosystem. The idea here is that when the community can penalize those who act badly, 
the community is more likely to retain high levels of trust, which in turn makes the community grow stronger. So it is really a virtuous circle. The reputation of the entrepreneurs or the reputation of the VC partners is a very important device of this enforceability of trust and this type of ecosystem. The stronger the networks, meaning a lot of overlapping ties, the higher the visibility of actions, the more trust is produced in the end. Networks are essential to trust. A large body of socio-based research has shown the role of networks in building trust and creating institutions. Entrepreneurial ecosystems focus on research and innovation, often in close relationship with technological and social progress developed at universities. Take Tel Aviv or the Silicon Valley, contacts are close and frequent between startups and prestigious universities. In France as well, entrepreneurial ecosystems often have very strong ties with the existence of a pôle de compétitivité, a kind of a geographical cluster of university and research-oriented activities, such as Paris-Saclay, for instance, in the region of Paris. Technological and engineering schools, of course, are at the forefront to develop scientific knowledge and technological solutions. However, the business schools also have a key role to play to generate and enhance trust. How do they play this role? Well, on the one hand, business schools educate students oriented towards strategy. So such students understand the new business models based on digital technologies, and they are focused on the customer's point of view, which will turn the technological solution into a market innovation. Such notions and practices lay the ground for trust from the investors, themselves focused on market issues and sometimes educated in the same schools. On the other side, Business schools also educate finance-oriented students who might become tomorrow's investors. Uh, they often know their entrepreneurs' co-students very well. These two different business school student profiles know each other. Sometimes they share the same courses, the same extracurricular activities. They respect or even admire their peers for their different set of skills. So, for instance, an initiative at HEC enables students from an accounting and finance program to put their skills at work, their fellow startupers' students at Station F. The finance students will give some of their time to help the young entrepreneurs to identify a proper business model, to model or draft some accounting and financial statements, which will be required for the entrepreneurs' next fundraising. So the entrepreneurs appreciate very much the time, resources and the skills brought by the finance students, while the accounting and finance students unravel the realities of entrepreneurship, they sharpen their understanding of the entrepreneurial ecosystem. This way, both get to know each other better, they learn to respect and trust each other, and maybe they will meet again a few years later in an investor-entrepreneur relationship. With all this, I think we have seen how important trust is in the entrepreneurial ecosystem, how this trust works and how it can be enhanced, and the role of business schools into this play. It has often been suggested that one major difference between the Silicon Valley and the French tech lays in the strengths of the networks constitutive of entrepreneurship. Well, trust plays a key role in the strength of these networks.